Hello, constant listener. Thanks to you, Indian Noir is the number one storytelling podcast on Apple Podcasts in India. Thank you. And as a token of my appreciation, here is a special bonus episode. This story has nothing to do with the main narrative we are dealing with in Season 1 of Fear FM. We will return to Prakash's story next week. I hope you enjoyed this special bonus episode of a Lovecraftian horror story set in India. If you're not sure what a Lovecraftian horror story is, don't forget to check out my interview with Naga on Passion People Podcast. Go to your favourite podcast app and search for Passion People Podcast to find the interview with me. Enjoy the story. You are listening to a special bonus episode of Indian Noir. His wife first told him about the spectral visitors on the river when they were waiting for a maternity checkup in the small clinic in their village. That's rubbish, Rajiv said to his wife, whose baby bump was getting more prominent by the day. Yes, it is true, Rama insisted. A river that is being used as a highway by the departed souls? <sighs> Rajiv scoffed at this idea. I'm telling you, Ever since the big explosion in the factory upriver, people have been seeing their loved ones who have passed on, Rama began, cruising down the river for a jolly ride. (laughs) Rajiv interrupted. Rama slapped her husband on his thigh. She then rubbed her belly and said, See how your father laughs at me? The doctor gave them the usual warnings. You've had a few miscarriages, so be extra careful. Don't stress. No vigorous activity. They had never come this far in the pregnancy. She can taste now, you know, Rama said to him, proudly looking on at the movement she could now see in her belly. They walked, holding hands, as they always did, to their little hut close to the river that Rama spoke of. Time destroys everything. It steals everything dear to you, like a river eroding its banks. Rajiv and Rama wailed as they took the dead baby away from their hands. They hung on to each other, as the tragedy that befell their simple lives grew oppressive in the confines of the labour room. From there it spread into their home. They forgot to eat, to sleep to respond to the queries of their fellow human beings. One rainy night, Rama went missing for an hour. Panicked Rajiv ran through the village and roused people sleeping in their homes and searched the fields 
only to find her back at home, wet and cold and shivering. Where were you? he said to her, angrily. I saw her. I saw her baby girl, down at the river. Stop it. She was on the water's surface at first, then under it. Stop it. She reached out to me, touched me, Rajiv. Stop it. They didn't speak for days. She was missing again. This time, Rajiv went straight to the river. He found his wife knee-deep in the river, running her fingers lovingly on the surface of the water. Rama? He shouted to her. Rama! His wife waved him off, not even turning around to acknowledge his shouts of concern. He let her be. Let her indulge in her madness. Her visits to the river became frequent. Rajiv stopped hassling her over it. In the beginning, he would follow her to ensure she didn't harm herself. But he stopped doing that. Maybe she wanted to be alone with the sadness eating away at her soul. This was her way to cope. Just like how he sometimes fell to the ground crying, in the middle of the harvest in the fields, spit and tears and mud decorating his face like a mask of grief. A few weeks later, she drowned in her madness and sorrow. She drowned in the river, her lifeless body trapped in the roots of a tree. Rajiv didn't have the strength to see her body. He refused to look at her, even as he placed the last cake of cow dung on her face before the cremation. He wanted to remember her as the beautiful, glowing mother rubbing her belly, smiling at him. Content, full of dreams for a family that was now ash and dust. But darkness finds a way to crush the spirit. And for Rajiv, there was no escaping the weight of his loss. It suffocated his waking hours and his sleepless nights. My sister said she saw her dead husband on the river. I am telling you, there is truth to these stories. Rajiv listened in as his co-workers debated the paranormal occurrences on the river. That wretched body of water that had claimed his wife. Rajiv's blood boiled. I agree. There are too many people who have reported sightings for this to be a spooky campfire tale, another man offered. Shut up, Rajiv said. He stood up and glared at them, rage etched on his face. Your ignorance killed my wife. You people filled my wife's head with stupid stories and see what that did to her. He stormed away. It didn't take long for him to see her ghostly form in the house, dressed in the same white sari and black blouse he cremated her in. Her pale skin, wet and dimpled, as if she had just risen from a cold, watery grave. Strands of hair covering her face, head bent down. He always found her in the same pose, standing, with her right hand pointing to the river, every time. There could be no doubting her message. 
Meet me by the river. For months he fought the need to give in to the temptation. What if he could see his wife and baby once again? What if? She was in the fields, at home, on the road to the markets, pointing towards the river, always reminding him. He took up drinking to ease the pain. But the sweet spirit also dulled his reasoning, and one day he gave in to his desire. That night she wasn't pointing to the river. She stood at the door, waiting for him. She walked behind him as he made his way to the river, her movement silent, ethereal. It made his hair stand on end. But the thought that he may see his loved ones again banished his fear. He reached the river. watched it flow with no compassion for his plight. Nothing for an hour. Just the crickets and the sound of water and the vast cruel night sky that dwarfed him. Then just as he was about to leave, they arrived. Spectral, luminous forms skating on the water. There was no mistaking it. His wife and daughter. His daughter was somehow older three or four years of age. They waved at him, smiled. Tears flooded his eyes. His heart was full again. The luminous forms pointed to the surface of the water. They urged him to join. So he did, waded into where they pointed. They continued to point. He looked down at the water. At first he couldn't make out the shapes. Then it became clear. Eyes. The eyes of his daughter and wife looking at him from the depths. He dipped his head in. Tentacles lashed onto his hand and his feet and dragged him underneath. He thought there was solid ground underneath his feet, but he was being pulled to the inky black depths of some other watery domain where the four human eyes transformed into a million round eyes, glowing in the dark, illuminating the form of a great tentacled god. So terrifying and magnificent was its form, his spirit did not offer a fight, as water rushed in to fill the space in his lungs. The accident at the factory, the mighty explosion, did that do this? the dead spectral forms on the river, like the lure of an anglerfish. The questions and answers didn't matter anymore. She was here, the great elder god, the harvester of souls. Rajiv's sorrow, his life, his spirit, those things were inconsequential in the face of the expansive terror that watched him. He would have wept in joy if he could. But the great goddess does not rip your beating heart out from your chest with a loving touch. She roared in the darkness. Whether it was in pleasure or pain, Rajiv would never know. 